This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Do you like sci-fi, fantasy, action, adventure, and comic books? Then you've come to the right place for your weekly dose of anything and everything geek. So strap in and let's get this show on the road. Welcome to the Science Fictionary Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Science Fictionary Podcast once again. I'm your host David and joining me today is Andrew. What's going on? And Marisha. Hello, everyone. Hey, we have a pretty uh, laid-back episode of the show ahead for us. Uh, we're going to go over the poll results uh, from our Mount Rushmore series, our most recent one about supervillains. We have just a little bit of news, and Andrew has a soapbox about some Stargate. Uh, so that's going to be awesome. I think that's pretty much everything we have to go on today. Uh, I want to open the show by saying um, Cody won Big Brother All-Stars. Great for Cody. Uh, one day I'll do the most important news of the week. The most important news of the week. He played a very dominant game. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, I'll save that for the uh, for my hit podcast uh, whenever that uh, comes out, and uh, we'll jump right into the news just to get out of the way, so we can get into some of the uh, the other really cool. Um, uh, the cool stuff we have to talk about here. So it looks like there's a, a new rumor for the next MCU uh, character to be cast. They, they've had a lot of casting coming out. They're really pushing those forward, which is exciting. I'm happy to see so much news coming out about that. And the current rumor is that Oscar, Oscar Isaac is actually in talks to play Moon Knight in the MCU Disney Plus show that is going to be coming out who knows when uh, at this point, uh, but they've already casted Miss Marvel and then, and they casted She-Hulk. So Moon Knight was the last Well, one we left. actually have a little confusion on that She-Hulk news. We do. Where the actress has come out and said, nope, not me. Hmm. Whoa, whoa. I didn't, I didn't hear about that. Um, that's really interesting. Um, so whether it's like, that. Whether it's like a, you know, the ink's not dry on the paper yet kind mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. denial or whether it's real, I don't know. But uh, she has definitely, at this point, denied the rumors. Wow. That's fascinating because a lot of really credible sources were posting that as fact. Right. Yeah. Um, sources that we Oh, every, everybody ran with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, very credible sources. So that's really interesting. I mean, I think she would have been fine if she Hulk. I never seen her in anything. I've heard that she was great. She was an orphan black, right? That that was yes. that actress. Mm-hmm. Heard she was great. Um, so I've seen trailers for Orphan Black and it looked good. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I'm actually really excited to see what happened there. I've said before that She Hulk is one of my favorite characters, but another character I was super super excited about finally being in the MCU was Moon Knight. Um, what do you guys know about Moon Knight? Um, Not a darn thing. The only thing that I really know about Moon Knight is that he suffers from uh, an identity disorder. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of, I think he compares fairly favorably in some ways to Batman, right? Uh, that's, that's that's correct. Yeah, at least the most traditional uh, version of, of, of Moon Knight. The more recent versions had a, 
did some spins on it, but that's pretty much Moon Knight right there. He is a, a rich guy who is uh, trained in martial arts and combat and stuff like that and uses his wealth to have gadgets and stuff and, and is a Moon Knight. He does have uh, multiple personality disorder. Originally, the idea was just that he had different personalities as like, but like as disguises that he would use to like hmm. infiltrate. But then um, they kind of like took that idea and ran with it. And he has multiple personality disorder. It's actually a really interesting uh, character thing because you don't see that many times very often in superheroes. On the top of my head, I can't think of another superhero who has a mental disorder like that. So hmm. That's really interesting. Legion, um, maybe. Oh yes, Legion. Yeah, that's a that's that's a good example there. But um, yeah, in Moon Knight, he worships the Moon God Khonshu. That's where he actually gets his powers. So that's the difference between him and Batman is that he has um actual magic abilities that right. enhance his fighting abilities and and different things like that. Hmm. Uh. And he worships a god. It's it's almost like a warlock, like warlock and thrall kind of situation going on. He made a deal with the devil, mm-hmm. um, sort of like that. And there's not much more to Moon Knight, at least traditionally. Um, there's some more interesting, crazy stuff that happens with them, but I really, really doubt the show's going to go in that direction. One of the more popular versions of him is that he actually starts wearing a suit and calls himself Mister Knight. That sounds stupid, but people really love that. <laughs> um, so he's really cool. The, I really like him a lot uh, just because of this one line. I remember one time someone was like, why do you wear white when you're supposed to be like sneaky? He goes, I'm not sneaky. I wear white because I want them to see me coming. Yeah. Which I think is just a really <laughs> cool um, thing. Mm-hmm. That's but that's great. pretty much Moon Knight. He doesn't have a huge um, history to really delve into or – Nothing super interesting about him or very, very even really iconic. He's yeah. just a kind of a fan favorite. Um, yeah, and that's kind of the thing cool. is like I think he's kind of a a cult favorite of sorts, and yeah, that exactly. he's not necessarily really well known, but people that like him really, really like him. Yeah, exactly. Which is why people are excited to see him in the MCU. I'm excited to see him in the MCU <clears throat> just because it's something different. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're doing something different. They're pushing it forward. It's going to be on Disney Plus, so you know it's not going to be like a Netflix situation. Because mm-hmm. um, he was the. I mean, I'm sure you all remember. Whenever the Netflix shows were coming out, he was the big one that people were like, "I bet they're doing a Moon Knight show next. They're going to do a Moon Knight show." I did hear. I do remember that being kind of thrown around. Yeah, which also is interesting because that kind of brings up the point that he's the only real street character that is getting a Disney plus show here. I mean, yeah. Miss Marvel and she hulk they're Avenger level characters. They right. really are. Moon Knight is on that same level of daredevil. Like he's street level completely, and but it, he's getting a Disney plus show. Yeah. And they, I, I think it's time for them to embrace some street level characters. I agree. I think those are the more interesting stories. Um, there's a reason that daredevil was one of the most beloved critically, uh, at least of, of anything Marvel's ever done. Um, I really want to see them bring characters like Spider-Man down to street level, bring mm-hmm. all those characters, all the Avengers down to street level. Let's have them um, have some relatable uh, and, and more um, less, less earth threatening. Uh, right. Well, and some of these uh, street levels, some of the, some of the villains from those books. 
that, yeah. that aren't yeah. these like I'm going to destroy the world kind of villains. They're like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to take over your city and make your life miserable villains. Yeah. Right. One of the best Avengers villains was in, in the MCU was uh, Baron Zemo. Yeah. Um, just just a guy but th- that was the most interesting thing about him was was his plan and motivations and happy he's going to show up again in, in uh the falcon winter soldier show um but anyway with this moon knight show what do you guys think about oscar isaac potentially being cast as that character with what you know about the character and his mental disability yeah. his mental disorders and such so kind of given what i know uh, you know about him i'm a little bit surprised like if you took, there were two other people that were pretty heavily rumored to possibly play this role before Oscar Isaac, being yeah, uh, Keanu, Keanu Reeves, Reeves and Shia LaBeouf. Mm-hmm. To me, when I think about someone playing a character, now granted, Oscar Isaac hadn't been around as long as those two, right. but when I think about somebody that can pull off this like really troubled character. I definitely would have leaned towards Shia LaBeouf or Keanu Reeves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, um, and the I'll other thing, this. there were some rumors about Shia LaBeouf. I mean, that was like for a little while, they were like, this is the guy. But one of the other things that everybody was real big on Shia LaBeouf, apparently for a little while playing this role, but mm-hmm. there was some stuff there where, because the other thing, the other thing that I do know about Moon Knight is that he's Jewish. Hmm. Yes. And yeah. there was some rumor that they wanted someone who was actually Jewish to play the role, which Shia, LaBeouf, which Shia LaBeouf had been, but he had converted away from Judaism recently. Huh. And so well. the rumors were that that's why they waffled on him. So if that was even kind of true, it makes you wonder why they would jump to Oscar Isaac. Right. You know, Oscar Isaac is a tremendous actor. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I mean, he, if, if they got him to do this, that's, that's great. I think that he will be good in the role. He does physical roles. Well, not necessarily the first person I would have thought of, but I have no problem with it. Yeah. I, he's a great actor. I'm, I honestly didn't think he'd be lining up to do another Disney franchise project right now. I mean, yeah, yes and no. I mean, it is, it is Disney, but it's not Lucasfilm. That's true. You know, it's, it's you're talking about such a massive corporation. You're still working for a completely different group of people. Yeah, he just like he seemed like he was really done by the mm-hmm. time he was done with Star Wars. Right. If he gets burned on this, he may. Although you know. Money talks. I, most of what burned him on that was he was just unhappy with the fans, which, you know, right. if you're going to be an actor, accept the take the criticism. Like it's some you're going to get a lot of it that's not warranted if you're an actor. Yeah. Just I, like if you're a musician, you're going to get a lot of unwarranted criticism. Yeah, I think though Star Wars and Marvel both have a larger contingent of more rabid fans who have stronger opinions about what that's, they want going that's in. That's true, but none of these actors are, should be delusional enough to not realize that ahead of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, on, and Oscar Isaac's been around a really long time. Right. You know, he as, hasn't far, been as, as far as stuff that Star Wars fan, that Star Wars actors have been hit with, his was extraordinarily mild. So yeah. 
he yeah, just that's a great point. Needs to put on his big boy pants and go to work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but although I, he may have also just been unamused with the hate that ever, I mean, there was a whole lot of hate leveled at Daisy Ridley and at Kelly Marie Tran and, you know, no, everybody around him. Maybe, it. maybe he was mad about that. So right now, that's my current, that kind of covers my current feelings about Oscar Isaac. Mm-hmm. Although I am excited. He, you know, he's in the Dune movie. He looks fantastic. I'm still a little hurt that Dune is pushed all the way till Why? middle of next year. Because yes. it needs to make money. I know it does, but I wanted to see it so bad. But if it doesn't make money, you're only going to get to see the one. You're not even going to get to see the second half of it. That's true. When was the original release date for it? May? December, no, the original release date for Dune was always December. It was always December, okay. It, that sounds like such a wonderful thing. Like, something about going to see a Dune in December mm-hmm. feels just so magical. It's like, I think Lord of the Rings kind of got me in the feel of like, and in December we go see magical well, fantasy movies. Yeah, and then about Star Wars. Because um, mm-hmm. that's whenever... Um, Line the Witch in the Wardrobe came out. They were like that. They, they really heavily pushed the Christmas release. Yeah, the Hobbit movies because it was Star, right after all the Star mm-hmm. Wars movies. It's, yeah, December has become a great time for movies. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think about Moon Knight, David? Yeah, um, I'll tell you this: Keanu Reeves, in my opinion, would have been absolutely perfect for this. I agree. Um, yeah. He looks just like Moon Knight. He could bring that brutality. It's another thing I didn't bring up. Moon Knight is a super brutal character. Um, mm-hmm. His comic books have been a most of his most popular books have been a part of those like Marvel Max, Marvel Knight series of like mm-hmm. Marvel being like we're gonna be edgy and we're gonna have blood and and punch people and stuff like that and and he's a super brutal character. I mean he's he's the kind of character who breaks people's limbs. He's a lot like Batman uh, mm-hmm. in that way of like brutal martial arts breaking down these street criminals and it's like daredevil um and keanu reeves would have been perfect for that to bring that brutality and and that sort of like um john wick like snapped just like weapon of destruction moving forward force of nature that moon knight really can be that would have been awesome to see but i i don't see any reason why oscar isaac couldn't do that right we um, just haven't seen him do that i just haven't exactly haven't seen him do it I, i'm sure he, i don't think i've seen him in much other than um star wars he was actually he was apocalypse an age of apocalypse yes right. he was and i don't think the problem with that character was his fault no so um no it wasn't his fault i'd say so i can't really judge anything off of that yeah he I was feel like uh, he'd be great. I trust Marvel. I trust whatever Marvel decides to do. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be great. And you know what? Saves Keanu Reeves for a bigger, better role. Yeah. Uh, perhaps. I hope. He, I, just, he, he was, I really like Keanu Reeves, but I do feel like you got to have just the right role for Keanu Reeves. Oh, absolutely. Shakespeare. He should never do Shakespeare again. <laughs> he did Shakespeare. Yeah, he shouldn't have. He was uh, he was Don John and uh, Much Ado About Nothing in the '90s, which if you have not seen, is just stellar. You yeah, have it's a to, good movie, but you have to see it. But he is like the okay. So um, the oh Beetlejuice, mm-hmm. 
what's his name? Michael Keaton My, Michael is Keaton. um he's the he's the the watch there the the night watch who who's always using the wrong words, mm-hmm. uh, and he's just like the greatest thing. So the cast is great, but Keanu Reeves is terrible. But I guess it was there around the Matrix, and so he was like, "Ooh, the big thing to do." Yeah, but mm-hmm. he has. I feel like he's one that the the longer he's gone on, the better he's gotten. Like, he has really pulled off some things recently, you know, like, especially with John Wick. Whoever would have thought that the tall guy from Bill and Ted was going to be an action star. (laughs) Yeah. John Wick's one of my favorite franchises right now. But, um, so, yeah, I would have loved to see him as Moon Knight. I can't think of what else he could, what's next for him, because it looks like he's probably not going to be, um, like, Adam Warlock or, or whatever other character he was rumored for but i really do hope marvel finds a place for him yeah and if they cast oscar isaac in this that'd be great nothing set in stone yet um i i'm really excited to see some more solid information and i can't wait to see these shows i think they're all gonna be amazing yeah um uh, on the other side of streaming services netflix just announced uh a new show that they're working on they're making an assassin's creed show which I read and I have very, very mixed feelings on. I have very, very mixed feelings on the entire Assassin's Creed franchise in general. Um, I've played all of the games now, I think, uh, and, that, and I might have missed a few spinoffs here and there. Um, Andrew, you've played a couple of the games, right? Yeah. You have played, played you three played or four of them. the heck out of the them. pirate one. Oh, the, the mm-hmm. Black Flag is my maybe my favorite. Yeah. Black Flag is one of my favorite games ever. It, it really is. But I highly doubt that that's what they're going to be adapting. They're probably going to do the classic, the Renaissance era and, and stuff. You know, and you know what? The the first, you know, the original games were, were great. The story yeah, was agree. great. The characters were great. It was really when they started moving away from those characters that they started having some issues. I agree with you. And I, I do like the whole Kenway saga. But that's only because I probably have rose tinted glasses because that's the first one that I played. Yeah. Because uh, that's when I that's when they started coming out. That's when I was, you know, like twelve or whatever and was right. playing them. Um, but yeah, those original games they're they're very beloved. They have a huge following. They're still played to this day. People love the characters. People love the story. Personally, I hate the concept of Assassin's Creed. The whole Amon animus and going back in time and the memories and stuff like that and the only reason i hate it is just because when i'm i don't think it works for a video game at all because when i'm playing the game the last thing i want to do is stop being a cool assassin to go play as desmond the (laughs) bartender right it 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 ruined the games for me and i hate that whole it just complicated things and they stuck to it and i really really wish that they would just drop it and just give us a game about being an assassin. That's, that, that's just personal preference, though. I know people who are diehard fans who think that I am speaking blasphemy by saying <laughs> that. Um, but I, uh, last time, they tried to adapt that story and that concept into a movie. They made a horrible, horrible film. Right. It's one of the... I saw it in theaters, and the only reason I didn't walk out was because me and my friends were having fun laughing at it. Yeah. Um, I hated that movie. Did y'all see that Assassin's Creed movie? 
No, it just refused so badly that it was just like, yeah, maybe not. I mean, and I was, you know, I was kind of excited about it. Um, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a gamer, but I kind of, you know, am familiar with the concept, and it's got um, Michael Fassbender. Michael Fassbender, who's just amazing and i was like oh this is gonna be awesome and then it was like all the reviews are like not awesome (laughs) (laughs) no it was it made it took the concept that i don't like and made it even worse it was just a joke yeah of a movie it it was well it it just really seemed like they didn't know exactly what they want to do and just kind of half-assed it it was very very half-assed um i was not a fan it just seemed like a whole bunch of mo- people got together and made a movie that they really didn't care about. It was the biggest cash grab attempt I've ever seen in theaters. And I'm sure there's been more, but like, yeah, personally having that experience, I felt like, Oh my God, I gave money to this. That's how I felt about it. Um, but when it comes to Netflix making this show, if it wasn't for the success of the Witcher, I would have laughed at this idea of them making an Assassin's Creed show, but The Witcher was such a good adaptation. And I know that they're adapting the books, but The Witcher's probably the most well-known for its video games, so that's how that's kind of how I'm viewing it. They adapted this video game franchise, and they made an excellent TV show with a really, really star-studded cast there with high-quality production. It's one of the best-produced fantasy shows in the in the past decade next to game of thrones yeah netflix has lots of money to throw behind their shows and they're making this assassin's creed show it's honestly got me excited if it was any other streaming streaming service i'd probably be snickering at this idea but netflix doing it makes me very very hopeful for what this could be yeah i mean netflix sometimes you never know what you're going to get with netflix but when they do when they do get one right they really get it right they really, really do. Some of the best shows, some of my favorite shows of the past five years have all been Netflix originals. Yeah. Um, I, I really do appreciate them. And so I, I have faith. Like, I'm excited about this. I'm excited that this franchise is going to get a shot at, at, at moving into, like, film or, or TV. Um, like I said, I don't like the concept of the back-in-time thing, but that's just as a game. I'm sure it can work just fine in a, in a different medium. I think it's a bad game design, but I think that in a different medium, it's an interesting idea going back in time through your ancestors' memories and stuff like that. I, I wonder how they're going to do that. I, I'm really curious. I wonder if they're going to do the whole Desmond storyline yeah. or if they're going to come up with their own storyline like the movie did. It really can go any direction. Yeah, um, if they want to make the most fans happy, just adapt the first game. Right. As season one. Yeah, I'll be curious to see which way they go with that. And as far as like all the anima stuff, I, personally, I, I'm kind of like you. I I just I get irritated every time I'm yanked out of the game to go do those things. Mm-hmm. And it's like just hurry up and finish this part so I can go back to being a pirate or or whatever I'm I'm doing. And. Yeah. I would almost, I mean, like, pay some tribute to it, show that it's there, but I, I, I hope that, like, we don't get, like, we're really building up the action in them, and then we have to, like, take it aside and go do that. Uh-huh. And the, because I think it would yank you out of a show even worse than it's going, would yank you out of a game. Yeah, I agree. I mean, have it sort of, do it sort of like in the beginning of the show, show, like, 
this is what's happening, but then don't cut out of it. Um, I think what I would like to see them do is actually the opposite of that. I would think I would like to see the whole story and then get down to the, the very end. And it's someone coming out of, you know, the whole thing. And and you realize that it was someone, you know, reliving, seeing those memories and, and, and then maybe find some way to work it a little more in as you go. But I think for this first season, let's just tell an awesome story without the burden of that and then just kind of give us something at the end to go yeah this is what's going on this is what's happening yeah i agree um i could really see them honestly just skipping the first game and going straight into the um Ezio yeah. uh storyline because Ezio is like the most iconic character in right. the franchise the most beloved would probably translate the best on film i mean yeah like on film or television uh, i'd be really happy about that also this reminds me um please dear god if you do the eminent and whatever it's called uh just make it a machine where they lie down on a table do not do the thing where you hook up michael fassbender to a crane that like <laughs> flies around i don't know if you all saw the trailers it was in the I trailers did. yeah yeah like that was hilarious like that's one i was laughing at the movie because it's just him flailing around swinging at nothing it's not cool it's not cool at all um it looks like a cgi shot that wasn't finished you know like you watch behind the scenes of like oh they're on a crane and then captain america jumps up and but then they add the cool stuff this is that without adding any of the cool stuff but them thinking it's cool right Uh, don't do that have them lay on a table please I think it's it's literally to me. In my, I think it's a fifty fifty chance that they're going to do original story or if they're going to do the games. Um, either way, I have faith in Netflix. I really do. All right, last little bit of news that I've got here before we let Andrew get on his soapbox, which I'm really excited to hear. Uh, I want to bring up that Jared Leto will officially be returning as the Joker in Zack Snyder's Justice League cut. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. Hmm. That was my that was my when I saw that like when I first saw that I think I literally said like uh okay. <laughs> um Right. What do you guys think about Jared Leto coming back as the Joker? I don't love it. I think he's probably one of the worst iterations of the Joker that's been done. I, it's, and I haven't, you know, it's not even an issue with him as an actor. I just don't like that version of the Joker at all. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, it just kind of makes me wonder the more names they throw against the wall here is starting to make me a little more nervous about what exactly it is that they are planning to do like yeah. between and not, and not just with this movie, but with, with all of these other movies, the flash and the, and Batman. And it's like, there's, it's like, what is holding this, the DCEU, what is holding it together? Like, it's just so all over the place. And I really don't understand why bring a version of the Joker who received such negative reviews as that character. Why saddle it with that? Right. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear at this point that the Batman, uh, the new Robert Pattinson film, is just has to have zero connection to this stuff, right? Like, 
especially with bringing the Joker back. And it has to be a fresh start for Batman there. But that's just so yeah. weird. You're right. Like, what is the glue? What is the plan? Why are you doing this? When I see that Jared Leto's back, I think it becomes clear, though, at least with this whole Snyder Cut thing, that this is just Zack Snyder actually being given, like, this, you know what this is? This is this is George Lucas putting Jar Jar Binks in The Phantom Menace. Um, yeah. This is Zack Snyder being told that he can do whatever he wants because the fans just loved him so much. And now nobody's going to tell right. him no when he says, you know what? I want Jared Leto to come back and be in a couple scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Because he's, he's fans now cried so heavily for this. Yeah. That. And- now he gets to do whatever. I don't know. I, I'm I'm not a fan of the whole bringing bringing uh, Jared Leto on, onto this project. But you've also got. I think it was um, Michael. What Michael Keaton? One of the rumored Batman to show up. Yeah, Michael Keaton's going to be Batman in the Flash movie. Right, but hasn't he now said? Yeah, we're talking about it. Hmm. Like it's not an official thing. So I. Oh, I don't, it's not. I mean, that's kind of what it sounded like. It sounded like they're, I mean, all he was willing to say was, yeah, we're, we're talking about it. It might work out. So I, I really don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of at a loss as to what all they're trying to do. It's really hard to keep up with it. And nothing seems to be clear. It's right. When DC seems like it's getting on the right track, it just seems to fall right off again. Marisha, what do you think about this? Jared Leto possibly coming back again as the Joker. I mean, I didn't see this. I didn't see Suicide Squad, so I can't. Good for you, <laughs> yeah. Um, I just heard such stellar things about it, but nothing that I saw of the character made me think, "Ooh, I need to see that." Like, n- and nothing that I've heard uh-huh. about the character makes me think I the world needs more of that. You know, it just kind of seems to be. Mm. And it, it to me, it makes it even weirder that they did like the the Joker movie that was like its completely own thing. It's like, but here's the same Joker before and after it with this different Joker in the middle. It's like, why? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just like, and I don't yeah. mind the whole like it doesn't have to be connected. Like I can appreciate that. Uh, because you can tell different kinds of stories that that just aren't hemmed in the same way. So, like, I don't have a problem with that. I agree. But to do two different iterations of the character with one of them sandwiched in between the other is just weird to me. So, yeah, that's that's very true. I agree, and it's like why break them back? I mean, it's just. At this point, it's obviously just going to be like a Zack Snyder's kind of just doing whatever he wants. I'm not going to look too deep into it, though. <laughs> uh, I, if, if, I, this is probably if Jared Leto does come back, this is probably going to be his last appearance as the Joker. And you know, I appreciate people doing different things and different interpretations. Mm-hmm, I, I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but but sometimes it's bad. Sometimes you swing right. and you miss. Yeah. And you know, thanks for coming. Um, but you can leave now. Yeah. Um, just not a fan. It's, it's just, it's a joke. <laughs> Get it? Yeah. It's a joke. Anyway. <laughs> um, so Jared Leto's probably coming back for that. Um, 
we don't know if it's probably I mean it's probably gonna be like in a scene, you know? Probably just right. a scene. Yeah. But it's just like why? Just I guess to like say the we did two it. People who liked it will be happy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean uh, so good for him. Sure I mean sh- as many cosplays as I saw of that version of the Joker, clearly some people liked <laughs> well, it, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm sure some people did. But the thing is, is DC has decided to walk a very, very fine line with this bending over backwards to please the fans thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, you want the fans, you want the most people possible to like your film. Right. And, you know, to like what you're putting out. But the fan doesn't always know before they see it what they want. Right. Let creative people create new things, find and find things that the fans love. You're not going to, you're not going to come up with doing a lot of things by just bending to the whims of the fans. And as an example, I will pull, I will go to video games. Bungie has been the most notorious game for this going back to Halo and then with Destiny, they have ruined two perfectly good franchises by bending over backwards to make a certain group of their fans happy. They've mm-hmm. destroyed those games. Like, I'm so glad that, I, you know, Halo seemed to finally get back on its feet once 343 took over. And, and it's, it's, but it's never been as good as Halo 2 and 3. Mm-hmm. And I know there are Halo Reach fans out there. Halo Three is like the pinnacle of FPS gaming. It's one of the, it's probably the best FPS game ever made. And then they made Reach, and Reach almost felt like they tried to destroy the franchise on purpose. Yeah. If you had been a fan of that franchise since day one, mm-hmm. Reach left a really bad taste in your mouth. Yeah. And then. And they and they slowly. It wasn't just that they destroyed it in Reach. They slowly destroyed the multiplayer. They slowly destroyed the multiplayer by bending over and trying to make the competitive tournament players happy. Oh, yeah. Make certain guns. Certain guns are too strong. Which is very much the minority of your fan base. Exactly. And so, I, I, th- I mean, you're walking a really fine line when you start doing the same thing with, with movies. Well, you know, there's been a lot of criticism of, like, you know, movies made by a committee. You know, that's kind of the, the, the thing that people are kind of criticizing right now is like, oh, movie made by committee. Like, you just think that movies made by committee are bland? Wait until you have, you know movies made by popularity polls on Twitter. Right. (laughs) I mean, like that is not, has anyone been on social media lately? Like following Mm -hmm. the social media trend is not the way to make good things happen in the world. Yeah. Usually. Here's the, and here's the great point of, of all this. Jared Leto's Joker is not, liked by the majority right it is not the popular thing it is not the the thing that most people want but it's the trend it's that like that very specific that like the social media like you know not to i I don't mean to offend anybody who really likes this character and who isn't 13 but the 13 year old kind of like edgy 
fans of Suicide Squad because there were a few. I met quite a few fans of Suicide Squad. People really like that. People yeah. really like the Twenty One Pilots. I'm so edgy. I'm fourteen. This is deep <laughs> style of characters. Right. And and that's like the trend part. Those are the people who are going to be on Twitter who are going to make multiple accounts to like a poll multiple times to say that we like Jared Leto and stuff like that. And so right. I think Zack Snyder sees that and wants to pull that, put that because he's like, oh, yeah, the kids will think this is cool. Also, um, based on his other films in the DC universe, I think Zack Snyder doesn't understand any of these characters anyway. And yeah. so I feel like he probably thinks that Jared Leto's Joker is freaking dope. I bet he thinks that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I bet he thinks it's the coolest thing ever. Um, so I, I, I honestly, I mean, I guess it's a big thing, like the like the fans that liked them, like wanted to bring them back and stuff like that. But personally, I think this is probably something that Zack Snyder wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's kind of the whole thing with this is it's Zack Snyder, Zack Snyder doing exactly what Zack Snyder wants to do. Yeah. And you so, know what? It's called the Snyder cut. Yeah. Good for him. I mean, yeah, you're, you're doing it. You gave him free like reign to make a cut with his name on it. You know, what are you going to do? Like, this is what, yeah, this is the bed that you made. <laughs> right. Careful this what is, you wish for. This is the $7 million bed that you made. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You better go see this freaking movie, all of you who really wanted this. I mean, like I said, I probably wasn't going to like it anyway. So yeah, do whatever. Um, thanks for the content for our podcast. Right. Except <laughs> uh, for, is anybody going to actually pay for HBO Max to watch it? Because, like, I'm not looking to pay for another streaming service. And the Peacock right. just canceled uh, Brave New World, so there's no point in keeping it either. <laughs> yes, since they also canceled... Um, Blue Book? Blue Book. Project Blue Book. Mm-hmm. Wait, they canceled Brave New Brave New World. They did. Wow, isn't that crazy? That's, that's Peacock, right? Yeah. Yep, yeah. and they canceled a show called Project Blue Book, which is based on the Project Blue Book from like the post World War II Cold War era of a government agency that was created to investigate UFO sightings. Um, and it actually was really, really good. It was probably one of the most X Files shows. Since mm -hmm. the X Files, mm -hmm. and they canned yeah, it two like seasons. They canned it after two seasons. I know both of those series are shopping for new outlets, but you're probably looking at budget cuts and. Yeah, I mean the mm -hmm. thing is though, like the streaming services are like for a long time they were good about kind of like giving their shows a run, but now I, I've heard it absurd. If you're not Stranger Things, you better look out because. Yeah, Glow just got canceled on Netflix, and yeah. Glow, in my opinion, is one of their better shows. I mean, it was not I one I ever it. really got into, but it had you know they had a strong cast and a really strong following. It's I'm a huge fan. It seems like, and I, I said this to somebody just a few days ago. It seems like streaming services are now canceling shows by throwing a dart at a board. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great point. Like. Why now? Look, maybe, maybe I just haven't found this certain uh, group of people on Twitter. But why does the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt have four seasons and Glow can't get a fourth <laughs> season? 
you know what? What's the what's the old term? Uh, five seasons in a movie. Six, right. Six seasons in a movie. Six, six seasons in a movie. <laughs> six. Actually, uh, whenever Glow got canceled, I did see a great point. Uh, Community got canceled like six times. Yeah. So it'll be fine. Yeah. And it should have stuck at least one time before it did. Mm-hmm. Like right. there was at least one really terrible season of Community. Um, but there are no seasons of community that don't have great episodes. That's true. That's true. Yeah, Glow. I was really sad about Glow. I really was. I just had a wrestling podcast. I could talk about Glow. <laughs> um, Glow's a great show. Um, but maybe that just leaves Alice and Alice and Bree some room to uh, go be She-Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, especially if what you mentioned earlier is true that uh, it's not really set in stone that that other actress will play her. We'll see. Yeah, um, but guys, I just remembered what it was Andrew brought up uh, at the, before the show. It was horror movies and how they've and like like talking about like horror movies in sci-fi mm-hmm. and fantasy. And stuff. Yes. So I bet this That's, it sounds yes. like something David has opinions on. Yeah. Yes, because I literally said I have things to say about that. I'll save it for the end of the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we can do our. Uh, I was going to let Andrew do his soapbox next. <laughs> okay. All right. So, David, you have seen... I know Marisha's real familiar with Stargate. I introduced her to Stargate before we, before got we even got married. I watched 20 um, seasons of Stargate while I made my wedding dress. Um, <laughs> but you you have seen the movie, correct, David? Mm-hmm. Like, and you do you kind of remember kind of the gist of the story? Yeah, I kind of remember the, the gist of it. I've seen the movie, um, Stargate. They go through the Stargate. <laughs> yeah, and, um, <laughs> That's right. Shenanigans ensue. Yes. Uh, I, I did like the movie a lot. I was a real, I appreciated that um, classic sci-fi feel that it had with it. Yeah. Um, I was a big fan. I just never got around to um, checking out more of it. I, I, I do wish I would, and I'm sure I will eventually when Andrew starts sending me episodes and Pascos, the streaming services that <laughs> yes. I can watch it on and such. We have it all on DVD. Yep. If you needed to watch it on DVD, yeah. <laughs> but, um, of course, right now it's on Hulu. I don't know if you have Hulu. I do have Hulu. Okay. Star Trek reviews. I mean, Stargate reviews starting next week. <laughs> Perfect. Um, but kind of what I wanted to touch on, a little bit of history with Stargate. Uh, Dean Devlin was one of the co-creators of Stargate. The movie. The movie. The original movie. Um, they had plans and had originally signed on to do a trilogy. Now, we never knew what those trilo- what that trilogy was going to be, but that movie ha- is one of those that just people didn't watch it in the theater. Mm-hmm. People started discovering that movie later, mm-hmm. and it's a great movie. It's a great science fiction film. Um, if you've never watched the Stargate movie, you really should because it is a, a an absolutely fantastic science fiction film. But it didn't do that well. MGM says, you know what? We're not going to spend the money to make another movie, but we're going to take what we own of it, of the concept, and we're going to have these other guys make a TV show. Stargate SG-1. Of course, Dean Devlin has been bitter about that ever since. Understandably. Well, they took his idea that made millions and turned it into a billion dollar oh, franchise. So he had he had no 
say in the TV show then. Right. No, he was just hired. Basically, he was hired as a writer to to write the original. So he it wasn't an idea that he went to somebody with. He was hired. He wrote. I mean, he it was their concept. Right. But like, I mean, you you take that concept and you sell it. Right. You know that's. But I mean, what I'm saying is so that is how it works. But that doesn't make it any less heart wrenching when right. somebody. It, it's like it's like. George Lucas sold Star Wars. Well, or or um, oh, what's his name? The uh, Joss Whedon. It's like Joss Whedon making Firefly. One of the best, as far as single season shows, I will say that it's there are very credible people in the science fiction world say it's the most perfect sci-fi series ever created. Now, part of that's because it's short and concise, and there are no bad episodes. Right. Like, you didn't run long enough to have bad episodes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, as, as far as what it is, it's a perfect sci-fi series. But and, but then Joss Whedon says, well, can I go shop at other places? And nobody's interested. E- even when Fox tells him he can. But Fox could have just as easily said, no, it's ours now. Mm-hmm. We're going to hang on to it for 20 years and then let somebody else make it. Right. Um, so... Dean Devlin is somewhat understandably a little bitter about them not doing the movie. And I don't know if he had opportunities to work on the show when it was first started or not, but one way or another, he didn't. So Brad Wright and some other folks create Stargate SG one and Dean Devlin hates it. That runs for years. Stargate Atlanta starts. Dean Devlin hates it. And it runs for and 10 it years. runs for years, and then Stargate Universe comes out, and guess what? Dean Devlin Dean hates it. Dean Devlin hates it, and <laughs> so in the middle of the second season of Stargate Universe, the original writers said, "You know what? We're doing our trilogy. We're going to finish our trilogy. Movies are coming back, and ratings were down a little bit because season one of Stargate Universe just wasn't that good." Yeah, uh, I have a friend that wa- watched it and ca- was not familiar with Stargate, and he referred to it as Jerks in Space. Yeah, and season two, way so better, so much better, such a great series, such a great season. But at that point, ratings are down. Dean Devlin shows back up and says, "We're making our Stargate movie. None of, and we're going to ignore the fact that any of these shows ever existed. We're going to pick right back up where we left off." And sci-fi pulled the plug. Uh-huh. Said, all right, no more Stargate TV series. We're, we're pulling the plug. We're done. Um, and then so two years go by and Dean Devlin shows up and says, yeah, uh, by the way, we're not going to make those movies. And goes through this whole thing and he's saying, well, we looked at it. We spent some time trying to figure out what we wanted to do and finally decided, oh, yeah, we're not going to do it because we'll just screw it up. After he knowingly had a hand in killing Stargate Television, right? It was, and so then it begins to look like it was all just a ploy, ploy to that kill Stargate Television. Yeah, and so recently we've started having rumors again that that Brad Wright, the creator of Stargate SG One, is trying to crank the machine back up and make a new Stargate series. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, credible rumors that it is like he's in talks with various outlets to create this, you know, to take this on, whether it be a, a streaming service or go back to sci-fi or whoever it's going to be. I doubt they'll ever take it back to sci-fi. Um, but there are plenty of streaming service options now. And so suddenly all those rumors start and suddenly Dean Devlin pops back up (laughs) and Dean Devlin starts. Now he wants to tell us after all these years about what the sequel movies were going to be about. And so now he's, he's going to tell us the second one was going to be about the Mayan pyramids and the Mayan culture. Well, that makes sense. That one works, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like that, that, that tracks. Which is funny because SG-1 actually kind of did that at some point. And then he says, and then the third was going to tie into almost every mystery that we've ever had on Earth. Whether it was Bigfoot or the Yeti, we were going to tie everything together into a larger mythology. And it's like you had no idea what you were going to do with that third movie. (laughs) Oh, I love the (laughs) (laughs) X-Files. Right? (laughs) It's, It's like... Like, how did you go from Egyptian pyramid to Mayan pyramids to Bigfoot? Like, you're just like... Yeah. But just, it was going to be so great, and you would have loved it. But we didn't do it, because we would have screwed it up. And and the truth is, it's like, I like Dean Devlin. He created another show I really like in uh, Leverage. Yeah. Um, even though he only ever wrote one episode of that. Really? But he, he directed some episodes. He but was just the concept creator. Pretty much, yeah. But if I'm being honest, like if I had to pick between Brad Wright, as much as I love the Stargate movie, if I had to choose between Brad Wright and Peter Day-Lewis Stargate mm-hmm. and Dean Devlin Stargate, I'm taking Brad Wright Stargate every single time because he created what was one of the most original science fiction series, even though they did borrow concepts for some of their episodes from things like Star Trek. They, mm-hmm. they did a lot of homage episodes. But it's still very, very different mm-hmm. in the way those things work. Um, and it's just very frustrating to see every time Brad Wright starts to make traction, mm-hmm. to see Dean Devlin pop back up and try to cast a shadow over it. Try and squash it. Um, Dean Devlin had a four-year period back in the 90s, from 1992 to 1996, where he created the Universal Soldier, Stargate, and Independence Day. He wrote all three of those on a four-year stretch. Mm-hmm. Great movies. Wow. Really, really strong. Yeah, I didn't know he wrote Independence Day. Yeah. And then, since then, nothing of note. hmm <laughs> Yeah. And. Except for uh, Leverage. Except for Leverage. But like I said, he only really had anything to do with the first season. Yeah. And. Um. So it's just, it's frustrating to me as a Stargate fan mm-hmm. to see someone, it's a, it's been a while, man. It's time to let it go. Mm-hmm. Stargate, the movie Stargate came out in 1994. The TV shows were far more popular than the Stargate movie has ever been. Mm-hmm. It's time to let it go, man. And just like admit that they did something that you couldn't figure out how to do. Move on. And move on. Mm -hmm. Like, be proud that you created something that has lived on through, like, 20 years of television. Yeah. 
don't know. It, yeah, it just... I agree. And you know what? If you would have had a bit of a maybe, if he would have had a bit of a better attitude about this kind of thing, then then maybe he could have actually been more involved mm-hmm. with the franchise as it went on and been in better graces of people and had more opportunity. I mean, we're in an age right now, I, I think, where creators and fans are really working together to mm-hmm. kind of win over those big corporations. And, and more often than not, fans seem to be getting what they want. Yeah. Um, Which is why we like will eventually say, get a new Stargate series. Yeah. Right, exactly. And, and, and like I said, I always say, Brandon Ralph wore Superman costume again. If that can happen, anything can happen. And, and maybe mm-hmm. if, if he would have had a bit of a better attitude about the things or, or, you know, been able to move on or, or make better relations, then, then we could be in a situation right now where he could do whatever mm-hmm. he wanted with it because fans would be happy with him right. and studios would be happy with him and everyone would be happy, 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 and we'd be getting – he'd be getting to do whatever. Uh, that's just yeah. all theoretical and that's all just based off of what Andrew just told me and my thoughts, but, but that's just what comes to mind. Yeah, and I think you're right. Like, I mean, back in the 90s, once people kind of did movies, they didn't want to get tied up in TV again because it was like a step back. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And so maybe he felt like this had been a movie. He was better than that. But, yeah, at this point, I I think it would just behoove him to just kind of just let it go. You know, let it it do what it's going to do because – it's it's been a consistently popular series, and uh, hopefully they don't decide to go all Battlestar Galactica with the next iteration of uh, of S- Stargate. And because uh, Stargate Universe really did not it did not hit a lot of the right beats initially. No, but it was very much an attempt to draw that same fan base that was so into Battlestar at the time. Yeah. And rightfully so, because Battlestar the the Battlestar reboot was a great series. Mm-hmm. They just should have made at least one of the characters likable initially, except yeah. Eli. Eli was likable; he was always cute. <laughs> so yeah, we'll be curious to see how that goes eventually. So yeah. that's well, that's Andrew's soapbox for the day. <laughs> uh, we uh, we appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> that's the kind of stuff that I like listening to on podcasts. Personally, I, I want to listen to people talk about things like that uh, i hope the fans enjoyed it and and please if anything more develops add it to the google doc so we know to, uh, to yeah. bring it up yeah uh in a show in an episode i wish i had more to say about it maybe if we uh, ever do start watching some stargate uh for this for this podcast i, I would have more to say about it and I, i'd love to i mean i i like the movies and knowing the history of it like that just makes me a bit more interested so uh really good stuff um, next up on the show, the next little segment we have is we want to talk about our Mount Rushmore of supervillains, yeah. uh, Twitter poll that we put up, uh, last week, uh, we, on, on the last episode of the podcast, we discussed who we thought the Mount Rushmore of, uh, supervillains was because previously we were talking about superheroes. I think what we decided on was that we were going to have Magneto, uh, Joker and Lex Luthor 
correct? That's correct. Those were our three that we decided on, and we were really tossed up between Doctor Doom, Green Goblin, Darkseid, and Thanos. And so Andrew, up on the Science Fictionary podcast on Twitter, which is at Sci underscore Fictionary, uh, don't forget to follow that if you want to participate in more polls like this. Uh, We do them pretty frequently now, especially with the whole Mount Rushmore thing. Um, He put up the poll, and let the fans decide who the fourth member of the Mount Rushmore would be. Um, I would like to ask you guys any guesses, uh, but let me, let me ask you this. Who were you rooting for to win this poll between Dr. Doom, Green Goblin, Darkseid, and Thanos? Uh, Doom. I, I, I felt like Doom just had to make this list. M- Marisha? I... I don't remember. I think I was. I think I was voting Green Goblin. I don't remember. I think it had to have been Green Goblin. I think was the one that I, I was. It was Green Goblin pitching. because that's what I voted for. Uh, was um, was Green Goblin? Um, well, I'll tell you guys this. I know you already know, so the fans know. Uh, Doctor Doom won the poll with a thirty-eight percent of the vote. In second place was Stan- was Thanos with thirty percent, so not far behind. Next mm-hmm. with Dark Side with nineteen, and then Green Goblin and last with thirteen percent. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely think Doctor Doom is a worthy contender to be on the on the Mount Rushmore. I I, I think his face looks nice there. Um, <laughs> personally, I'm the one who brought up Green Goblin uh, because big Spider Man fan, right? And you know what? I, my argument was simply this: Green Goblin killed Gr- Gwen Stacy. Uh, one of the most villainous things ever to be done in comic books. Um, you know, most iconic villain of one of the most iconic characters. But Dr. Doom is still a great choice. I think Darkseid and Thanos would have been great choices. Thanos kind of crept up in the end there just because I think he's so popular with Infinity War and Endgame. But that's kind of why he had contention yep. in this. Uh, Darkseid is pure evil. Um, I expect the Green Goblin to at least beat Darkseid, though. <laughs> I did, <laughs> too. And, I mean, are you surprised that Thanos... I, I really feel like, yeah, Thanos finished second because of recent movies. Mm-hmm. Like, he's the freshest in everybody's mind. Uh-huh. But it says a lot for... I mean, you've got Darkseid, who had been rumored to be in the Justice League film, will supposedly be in the Snyder Cut. Um. You've had Green Goblin on screen, a, r- mm-hmm. a pretty good version of it, even though I think the costume could have been better. Like, you know, you don't get a lot creepier than mm-hmm. uh, Willem Dafoe. The Willem Dafoe. Mm-hmm. Um, but given all of that, I really think that says a lot about Doctor Doom for the fact that we've kind of had like you know, a little bit of stuff revolving around Doom, but not in these great big movies. And there's been two crappy movies, two crappy movie versions of Doom. Right. But I mean, what that says about Dr. Doom, that there aren't any good movies with Dr. Doom in them. Mm -hmm. And he still just dominated this poll. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's honestly a nice sampling of like, if every single, if, if, if we had a hundred thousand votes in the poll, I, I still think that, Doom has a really good chance of winning it. Yeah. Um, I, 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 that's a great point that you bring up there. Doom has not been on the big screen uh, in, in such well-regarded way, especially like against Thanos, who's 
often considered the, the best villain of the MCU. And then you have the Green Goblin, which I'm sure people have many like nostalgia, lots of nostalgia for, and and the really iconic performance of William Dafoe. And 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 Doctor Doom just has not had that yet. He still won because in just like the comic books and, and cartoons and and just general knowledge of villainy and superheroes and all that culture doom is such a big deal just by like word of mouth Mm -hmm. alone uh of how important he is i mean he was the main villain of the probably the biggest marvel event in the last like 20 years uh with um with secret wars so in 2016 i think it was maybe a couple years before that i don't remember but um I mean, that's kind of his biggest thing he's done, and that was a comic book, right? And but people like just such big word of mouth about how cool Doctor Doom is. Um, he's always being thrown out there, like who's going to play Doom in the MCU? When is Doom going to be in the MCU? We have to have Doom in the MCU. Doom's the next Marvel villain, which he should be. Doom should be like the next Loki, like not just single character villain but like whole uh-huh. um marvel franchise villain i think doom definitely should be there and doom's just an incredible character i think i've seen dr doom on the superhero squad yeah he's definitely on superhero squad my kids are big fans of the superhero mm-hmm. squad <laughs> um but like you i was a little surprised that dark side beat green goblin mm-hmm. um I, I thought I thought I ultimately I thought it was going to come down to Dune and Green Goblin, but Green Goblin actually, when I was watching this, we didn't get as many votes on this poll as we did on the last one. I was a little disappointed in that, but um, Green Goblin didn't have a vote for a very long time. Yeah, um, I voted for him. I think I did too. That so have, that's probably we our might be, We might be the only two people who voted for him. <laughs> uh, actually. Um, yeah, I mean, last time when we were doing the poll with the superheroes, uh, me and Marisha had a bit of a battle in the comments about why we think our picks uh, should have been voted for. Mm -hmm. And we didn't really do that this time. Just didn't have, I didn't have the time to get to it. But, um, I mean, like I already said at the beginning of this, if I were to say Green Goblin, it's the reason I said Green Goblin is killed Gwen Stacy, um, most iconic Spider-Man villain, uh, Norman Osborn is always been there he always will be there he's the evil mastermind villain who at the end of the story is like haha it was me all along he's always <laughs> the twist and oh he's back alive again and and always a thorn in spider-man's side and and has become a bit of a marvel villain himself not to the levels that doom has though um and just the, the, the laugh the pumpkin bombs the glider the pumpkin uh, bombs the fa- like everything about him is so iconic. Yeah, I love the pumpkin bombs. That makes I, I don't remember if we talked about it last time I brought up Green Goblin, but his entire character makes no sense. Why does a goblin? No, he's, have a he's like bombs? he's Halloween come to life. I guess he's how yeah he should just be like the how the howler the howler <laughs> the how Michael Myers the Halloweeny uh, the Halloweeny. That's pretty much what he is. Though. Just like a goblin with. Uh, whatever Um, (laughs) but even with that um he he's a great villain and also i think he kind of would have represented that campy side yeah of the villainy that i don't think was really shown off here i mean joker can be campy sometimes sure 
but the most iconic versions of him I don't think really are. Um, Lex Luthor can kind of be campy too, but most iconic versions not really. Probably the most iconic version of Green Goblin is pure camp, uh, to be honest. Yeah. And so I kind of do understand why maybe with that in mind, why he didn't make the list. True. Still overall, I'm very happy with the list. I think Dr. Doom, Magneto, Joker, and Lex Luthor. I think that that's a great, Mm -hmm. um, sampling. Once again, we ended up with, Oh wait, never mind. Uh, I was going to say once again, we ended up with half DC, half Marvel, but actually at the end of our first one, the superheroes, we ended up with three DC and Mm -hmm. one Marvel. Um, so I think that's really interesting that this time, uh, uh, we ended up with two Marvel and two DC. Yep. Um, I very surprising there. Um, it's kind of interesting because people always talk about DC like typically the conversation is like, Oh, DC villains are so much better. And Marvel heroes are so much better. But like when it came down to just picking like a very small sampling, it's interesting that, that that's not how it fell out. You yeah. Know, well, and, it's when you're, when you're, it, it's one thing to look at it in a broad scope. Right. When you look at, because we don't, I mean, Green Goblin, we don't have a Spider-Man villain on or Mount Rushmore. Right. But I think we all agree that Spider-Man ultimately as a whole has one of the best rogues galleries in comics. Mm-hmm. Second only to Batman. Right. To be honest. So it's so good as this whole piece. Right. But, like, there's not that one that's just so much bigger than... Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, if I'm making this list just myself, I'm pulling out at least three Batman villains. Yeah. Just as far as most you know, recognizable. Because, again, I'm not... Like, Darkseid and Doctor Doom are, are... No, I'm not really familiar with because never really done comics or in in even really the cartoons and they Mm -hmm. weren't quite big enough that they made the jump into people who didn't pay attention to that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I mean, if I were, if I were just off the top of my head, it would have been, you know, the Riddler and the penguin and, um, the Joker and then maybe pull out, you know, the The thing is if they will do Dr. Doom, right. When they finally bring him into the MCU, Uh he will be the best Marvel villain, MCU villain. Yeah. Maybe the best MCU character. I mean, yeah. Doom is an incredible, complex, interesting character. Um, second only to Magneto in that way, honestly, which, uh, once they bring Magneto into MCU, it's going to be a real battle between those two of who's going to be the best villain. Yeah. Um, Marvel has been, uh, they've all, the, the joke has always been Marvel couldn't do villains right for a long time. But in their defense, their two best villains were owned by other companies. Uh, so now they have Magneto, now they have Doom. I'm very happy to see Magneto made the list. I think he's one of the best characters in Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big fan of him. Um, Dr. Doom's a great character as well. I'll tell you this, the Green Goblin's not a great character. Uh, right. Like, when it comes to, like, complex characters. Neither yeah. is Darkseid, and other than Infinity War and Endgame, neither is Thanos. Right. Um, classic Thanos is not a complex character. Classic Thanos is, I want to kill people, uh, because, uh, I like death. That, 
Infinity War and Endgame. I I feel like every vote that Thanos got were people voting for Infinity War and Endgame. Yeah, yeah. that's that's yeah. probably and that, exactly that actually true. brings up an interesting point, and I think that's a, a perfect time to kind of mention uh, what uh, Nicholas, uh, what Backyard Tardis had to say yeah. about our um, about this whole Mount Rushmore conversation. Is that the real Mount Rushmore? There's a spot for a fifth head. Mm. Nobody's ever been able to decide who ought to be up there. But maybe as we move forward with this conversation, it's who is this like up and coming, who's climbing the ranks and could potentially be in that fifth spot. And uh. we might actually come back at some point and, and have that debate about the two we've already done yeah. uh, about, you know, because I think and I think we actually did discuss that a lot. Mm-hmm. If you're talking about recent history, if you want to talk about the last mm-hmm. 15 years, mm-hmm. you if you were to limit it to the last 15 years, you can't make the hero Mount Rushmore without Iron Man on it. You right. can't. That's right. true. And maybe uh, and maybe were... and it would and, but you can make a really similar argument for Cap. Right. Definitely. If you're limited to the last 15 years, I would not be mentioning Green Goblin as one of the best villains. Uh, not be mentioning Darkseid right. as one of the best villains. Um, that's a great point, and I, and I really do like that comment and that idea. Another that just that brings to mind another villain that I think needs a shout out. That I'm really surprised now that I think about it. None of us have even mentioned Loki. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, even in contention for this, I think around 2012 <laughs> when Avengers came out, he mm-hmm. would have been. Yeah, top contention. Um, I love Loki. Loki's a great character, but then once again, the Loki that you love is the Loki from the, the Marvel MCU. movies, right? Right. Who's kind of a hero now, I guess. I don't. Uh, well, at least until we we went back and broke the timeline. Now I think we're oh, going to yeah, get to see. That's right. Yeah. Well, now we get to see Loki at his best again. Yeah. I'm kind of happy yet. about that. Like. You know, you want to see, like, some characters, especially he was kind of always a little bit of a sympathetic villain because he was Thor's brother. Well, And you kind of felt bad for him because, you know, the, his daddy issues and all. It's if pressed, if, if pressed for it. I mean, the thing is, is Thor is his brother. Right. Right. Like, he'll do things to Thor, but he doesn't necessarily want anybody else doing anything right. to Thor. <laughs> exactly. You know, it, it's, you know, very brotherly there. Yes. You know, it's like... <laughs> like only I'm allowed to beat you to a bloody pulp, not other people. Right. So, you know, in, in that way, it, it's he is an interesting character because occasionally he will do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he he really does keep, always keep you on your toes, but in but a he good can, way. He cannot be relied on to do the right thing. But he can do the he can do the right thing. While simultaneously doing the wrong thing, mm-hmm. he, he the right thing for the wrong reason. When he shows up with right. that that troop carrier, I have, you know with co- mm-hmm. I have come to rescue yeah, because you because <laughs> it made him the hero. He's a narcissist. He's a and, classic and narcissist. Sometimes he does the wrong thing for the right reason. Right, it's really interesting. He always keeps you on your toes. Yes, you legitimately never know what his actual intentions are. He's a great character, and you know, not just Tom Hiddleston's version, but I've been a huge fan of Loki since way before that. Um, mm-hmm. Back in the Marvel video games I'd play, he would always show up. In the cartoons, he was always there. Mm-hmm. He's a really fascinating character. He's 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 he is a Marvel villain. He he has kind of reached that status 
He's a great Thor villain. Um, I'm a big well, great Thor villain because he is his brother. I'm a big fan of villains when they have like, that personal connection mm-hmm. to the to the hero. Um, and if yeah, if you're including just Tom Hiddleston's character, um, he should be in contention. He should at least be talked about. Uh, maybe even for that fifth slot. I, the thing is, I don't think he's up and coming anymore. Like I think Loki has seen his peak. Yeah, you know. Um, Unless maybe this movie, this series, there's gonna there's a series coming up. Well, I, I think this series is gonna uh, going to replace him into the MCU as what he was before, mm-hmm. where he's you know a little bit of a question mark. Mm-hmm. You never know uh, when but, he's gonna show up and cause some mischief. Yeah, and that's great. But I think as far as like how big can Loki be, mm-hmm. I think I think he has may, maybe peaked. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's going to be the villain of an Avengers movie again. Oh, no. I thought you just meant like popularity wise. Oh, like I with mean, the like the women of the world. He's he's maybe a, that too. He, he's quite a hit. <laughs> like I'm just saying, yeah. if if you're making this list and Loki's on it, like a large contingent of the female population is going Loki because you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which I never understood, but then again, not my type. So <laughs> maybe I just don't see it. But um, oh, he, you know, told Arkin Hansen that's how I like him, right, love? <laughs> anyway, anyway, <laughs> now that we've made, now that we've made David thoroughly uncomfortable, mm-hmm. no, that's okay. It's so weird. It's one thing like when my parents are like that, but then like the friends. Uh, the people that my parents knew when they were in high school. <laughs> it's, a, it's a different dynamic. I never thought I'd experience. It's a different. Um, <laughs> yeah. so, Sorry, David. Um, we're, 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 uh, we're hurting poor David's sensibilities over here. Uh, no, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I never yeah, thought I was going to be that person. Like I was always, I was always the really uncomfortable teenager that was like, please shut up. Please, yeah, please shut up. Like, you know, relatives who like, and I was like, please stop. <laughs> It's kind of fun yeah. to be on this end of it. I'm yeah, not going to lie. Cut, cut this out the podcast. But my <laughs> uncle Bubba, my uncle Brandon, um, he he used to always ask me, like, how's your love life? And it gets so uncomfortable. <laughs> Last time he said, how's your love life? I said, better than yours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's great. He used, to, like, he used to know it made me uncomfortable, so he would joke about it. Of course, it. yes. Like, he would just say the word. He'd be like, hey. I'm like, what? He goes, sex. Was, uh, like, he knew it made me uncomfortable, but now he, now I play off of him. And, yeah. Um, That's funny. But anyway. I would love to watch him squirm like that, because he does really enjoy just, like, getting a, a reaction out of people. Mm-hmm. So I, I have to say, I, I think I can appreciate the, the enjoyment of turning that back around on him. Yeah, it was. he was shocked. Uh, he, he, he he laughed a lot. Yeah, uh, I think he was finally happy to see like me fire back. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, my training's paid off. <laughs> All my s- smart aleck training, huh? Yeah, exactly. Um. Anyway, um, back to the show. <clears throat> so yeah, that was a great point by the backyard Tardis, a, a friend of the show. Um, we love his comments, and, and guys, we want you guys to go on our Twitter vote on our polls leave comments like that leave suggestions and we will uh, talk about you yeah and as far as suggestions we want to keep this uh, mount rushmore conversation going 
And there may be some things we hadn't thought about. So if there's a Mount Rushmore topic that you would like to hear us cover, definitely throw mm-hmm. it out there on Twitter. Yeah, we're always looking for ideas, and it's a fun thing to jump into. Not as like heavy and time-consuming as our Pillars conversations right. were. Right. Uh, it can be a bit more fun. Though we would like to get back to those Pillars conversations eventually. Yeah. Uh, if you have any suggestions for those, please leave them. Yeah. Um, when we have time for the homework it entails. There was a lot of homework entailed in those Pillars conversations. Yeah, there was a lot. I still have like notes upon notes upon notes in my phone. Like uh-huh. I was going through them. All right, everyone. Well, that's our show. Uh, I really enjoy just the all the different topics we got to talk about. Uh, and if you have any thoughts on those topics, be sure to follow us on Twitter, which is at Psy underscore Fictionary. And if you didn't catch that, I'm sure Andrew will tell you again in just a moment. Uh, speaking of, Andrew, where can people find you and the Science Fictionary on the internet? Okay, uh, you can find me running the Twitter account for the Science Fictionary podcast at Sci underscore Fictionary. You can find us at thesciencefictionary.com. You can find this podcast. I mean, obviously, you found it once. You got here. But <laughs> if you have a favorite place to listen to podcasts, it's probably there. And if it's not, let us know, and we will do everything we can to get it there. Um. You can find us as well as the rest of the Red 5 podcast family at red5network.com or at Red 5 Network on Twitter. All right. And Marisha? You can find me on my website, princessesandpadawans.com. I am on Instagram and I posted this week. Congratulations, me. This is like, this is a milestone. First time since quarantine. I, I yeah. know it. I saw that post and I left the light. Um, so I am princesses underscore and underscore padawans on instagram and i am p padawans on twitter all right thank you and i am at david underscore jg peoples on twitter and at stay underscore creative dd on instagram twitter's where i really uh tend to actually post some things and some thoughts and uh i've been using that a bit more so check us out there uh, at all, at all those, on all those platforms, and um, wherever you listen to this podcast, please leave a like, leave a subscribe, leave a review, whatever it is you can do on that platform. It really, really helps us out. And in fact, if you don't leave a like, then we're going to be just like Loki, and we're going to burn this place to the ground. <laughs>